What's up? Miss Ray is just looking at you. It's like it's like she has a baby doll, and then I remember that baby dolls are modeled to look like babies. Babies, yeah. (laughs) Hello, and welcome to Sex Lives, New York Magazine's podcast about sex. This week, we are joined by the woman who you last heard from in an episode called Hardcore Porn and the Pregnant Woman. That woman is E.J. Dixon, and she is here with the baby in question, which she has had in the intervening months. E.J. is the features editor at Romper, a parenting website, and now she's a parent, too. Hi, E.J. Hi, thanks so much for having me and the baby. Hi, baby Saul. He's adorable, and he is drinking milk in E.J.'s lap as we speak. So, E.J., how was given birth? (laughs) Yeah, so giving birth... We were talking about your love of grotesque birth stories. Yes, I love them. Yeah, earlier. And you were talking about one where a lady mooed like a cow where she was on the train. Yeah, it wasn't anything like that. (laughs) Um, I had a C-section. Well, I guess I should start from the... He was premature. He was about a month early. Okay. So I guess the only dramatic part of it was that my water broke like at three in the morning Mm -hmm. while we were watching MTV's Are You the One? Um, (laughs) What's Are You the One? Oh, God. You really need to watch it. It's so good. So your water broke during Are You, Are the, you one? the One? At like three in the morning. And at first, we didn't want to go to the hospital because me and my husband are idiots and like we didn't really know what was going on. Um, <laughs> even though I had read like every parenting book pretty obsessively prior to that point, it just didn't really occur to me that I could be in labor. And then I called my gynecologist and she was like, you're in labor. You need to go to the hospital right now. So uh-huh. we took an Uber there. And did you tell the Uber that you were giving birth? I did. What did he say? Well, he was she? running late, so I called him, and I was really angry, and I was like, I'm, I'm in labor right now. Like, you really need to come pick me up. And he uh, and he told me that, like, apparently drunk people use that as an excuse all the time for their Uber what? to come faster. <laughs> yeah. So he didn't believe me. Uh, and then he got there, and you're like, hello. Yeah. By the time you get in the car, are you still making messes? Yes. No. I yes? was. That was the other reason why I felt I had to tell him. Uh-huh. Because, uh... Your water doesn't break all at once. It breaks uh-huh. continuously, just something else I didn't know. So I was pretty much just leaving like a slug trail of... Oh, no. So what did you do? Did you put down a towel? I don't know. What did you do in the Uber? I did, but I don't know how successful it was. So I'm sorry, Muhammad, if you listen to <laughs> Sex Lives podcast. Um, <laughs> it, it was pretty pretty gnarly. So you Uber on over to the hospital. You had planned a C-section, right? I had because he was in breach and they couldn't Mm -hmm. move him. So I had a scheduled C-section. And basically when I got to the hospital, they were just like, okay, so we're just going to do it a month early. Yeah. It escalated pretty quickly. Like by the time I got there, my contractions were like a minute apart, whereas they were like 15 minutes apart when I first woke up. Mm -hmm. Um, And contractions are painful. I don't feel like I need to say that, but yeah, they're painful. And yeah, I got there at like 5 a.m. And by 7 a.m. he was born. The most moving moment in your birth story to me is when you describe the split second when you can feel them, like, reaching around your insides as though, like, rummaging through a purse, I believe is the way you describe yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I have, like, eidetic memory for birth story details. Apparently, yeah. <laughs> it's a good skill. What is that like? Um, yeah. I mean, I was drugged to the gills, which I was very grateful for. Like, I kept telling the anesthesiologist who gave me my epidural that he was a genius, like, the whole time. <laughs> and... Yeah, they gave me a spinal block. I felt nothing except for that one moment that you're talking about where, like, it felt a little bit like somebody was, like, rummaging around my insides. But it wasn't painful. It just, like— That's so crazy. Was, —was uncomfortable. And it was apparently the moment my gynecologist told me later where they took my uterus out of my body and put it back in. Ugh. Is the moment I felt. Does that trip you out just thinking about that? 
Uh, You're like, no, because I created human life. No, I mean, it definitely, <laughs> I, I knew that it was going to happen beforehand mm-hmm. because I read about C-sections pretty obsessively. Yeah. Um, and I knew that they take your uterus out. But if I had not known that, yeah, it would have tripped me out. What was it like when you saw your baby? He, I don't want to look at him and like tell him this, but he was like, fugly. I mean, I don't <laughs> I, <laughs> well, they always are when they're brand new. Yeah. Yeah. He was fugly, super small, purple, screaming. Aww. I mean, it's like everything you see in like a birth scene in a movie that isn't like a lifetime movie where they get like a six month old baby and try to pass it off as a newborn. Yeah. Like he looked like a newborn. Mm hmm. And honestly, I, I mean, I, this is just the way my brain works, but I was just convinced there was, like, something wrong with him. Like, there oh, had no. to be. Yeah. And so I just kept asking over and over again, like, is he okay? Is he okay? Is he okay? And oh. he was, he was fine. Oh. He's fine. How is motherhood? Uh, it's everything they tell you it will be pretty much <laughs> magnified. When they say that your life changes, like, in the split second that you have a baby, like, that's completely true. That's the main mm-hmm. thing that I would say is, like, completely true. I mean, there are some things that they say that I don't think are entirely true about that time. Or I think at least they vary largely depending on the mother. Like, mm-hmm. the stuff about bonding with your baby. Like, it takes yeah. a while to bond with a baby. How does that even happen? Just spending time together? Yeah, I mean, the I guess the myth is that, like, the second you lay eyes on your kid, like, it's, Magic. like, you feel this Bambi-like imprinting mm-hmm. on them, like a deer or something. I don't know. I did not feel that way. I don't think a lot of women I speak to who have had kids feel that way. But they really, people really make a big deal yeah. out of that when it, when it comes to having babies. Um, and I was, re- and I thought there was something wrong with me because it didn't, like, hit immediately. Uh-huh. It took, it took a about a month mm-hmm. till I would say that he felt like somebody that wasn't a baby. I was like babysitting. Oh, wow. You know? Yeah. Like I liked him. I yeah. thought he was cute. I thought he was cool, but it felt like I was babysitting him, you know? And now he feels like, oh, this is my baby. Okay. You know? And what I is love that him. feeling? Like, how is it different? <sighs> That's really hard to, it's hard to explain. Um, I don't know, because when you first when you first get the baby <laughs> at the baby store, yeah, exactly. When you at the baby store, when they first hand you the baby, um, you kind of just go through the motions. Like you're like, okay, I have to take care of this thing, and so you diaper him and mm-hmm. you feed him, and but there isn't like that moment where you like lock eyes and you're like, oh, I would do anything for this thing. Uh huh. And but there is a sh- imperceptible shift, I would say, where that changes and it doesn't feel like it's rote. Mm-hmm. I think it's different for everybody, honestly. But but that's kind of how it was for me. Do you think that that shift in you, does that change how you feel about yourself or how you feel about the way you see yourself, your family, that kind of thing? Yes, completely. Everything. Everything you said. <laughs> it changes. It changes every aspect of your life and how you look at the world. It really does. Mm hmm. Even if you're not 100% invested in motherhood as a role, which I cannot say that I am, even though I obviously love my baby, it changes everything about your life. And there's nothing, there's no way to prepare yourself for that. So, EJ, you said that some people were sort of judgmental about your, I mean, it sounds like it wasn't a decision to have a C-section, though. You just sort of had to. 
Yeah, that's true. But um, I mean, I had entertained the fact mm-hmm. I, I had entertained the idea of doing it electively mm-hmm. prior. Um, but yeah, no, it wasn't. It was mandatory. Like I, I needed to do it. Did you get any judgment or pushback from people about the way you were approaching that? I get judgment and pushback from people all the time about every aspect of everything I do as a mother <laughs> in a way that I never did before I had a child. Really? That is the other thing that they tell you is going to happen, but you cannot really fully prepare for it. Like, mm-hmm. everybody judges me for fucking everything. And and it's something that I sort of saw, like, because I work on a parenting website, that's mm-hmm. like a lot of a lot of moms face that. Um, but, like, literally the, the way I'm feeding my baby right now, like, I'm... He's eating, he eats breast milk and formula. And so he just had like a bottle of breast milk filled, like followed by a bottle of formula. Like that is something that it would would invite crazy judgment from other mothers. Oh, wow. Yeah. Like, like in everything. the context of, say, on the internet or like in person when other moms both. see you? Both. I've mm-hmm. gotten it both ways. So tell me, has your understanding of your body changed since giving birth? I mean, I would say... I was very self-conscious about my weight gain while I was pregnant because I've always been very thin. Mm -hmm. And I gained about 50 pounds uh, when I was pregnant. And I thought that I would really care about losing the baby weight, like, immediately. And I don't give a shit. (laughs) Like, I mean, I sort of do, but it is so low on my list of priorities at this point. And that is not something that I could have ever anticipated prior to giving birth. Like, just that I would not care about the way I looked. Mm Mm-hmm. I I just don't care anymore. (laughs) It's liberating and scary at the same time. Why scary? It's horrible to say this now, but I remember, like, going, you know, like, the hot moms and, like, when you were little, like, you'd say the hot moms and, like, the well-kept moms and, like, the schlubby moms. And you would know the difference between the two moms. (laughs) Yeah. Like, I don't want to be a schlubby mom. I want to be a hot mom, especially because I'm, like, young. Like, I can be a hot mom. (laughs) Last time you were here, we obviously talked about how— you were super horny and turned into a teenage boy's sex drive when yes. you were, I believe you were maybe five months along then? Yes, correct. How did the rest of that play out? It kind of petered out after a while, actually, to mm-hmm. the point when, like, I think about that article and I think about that podcast. Like, it's it's embarrassing. Like, <laughs> not not because of, like, what I shared, because, like, I don't care about that. But just, like, thinking about that time when I was my sex drive was, like, that amped up, like, I just don't relate to it anymore. Uh-huh. I don't know. Especially when I was, like, nine months pregnant and I just couldn't even think about having sex or sex in any form. Your vagina was too far away at that point? My vagina was too far away. It was unreachable. It was, like, it might have been, like, the Pacific Islands for, like, all we know. <laughs> um, yeah, and it was just a level of discomfort that was not compatible mm-hmm. with sex. Have you fucked since giving birth? Yeah, okay. You don't I, have to talk about it if you don't want I was kind of waiting for you to ask, like, a like a pointed <laughs> question so I could respond to yeah. it pointedly. Have uh, you fucked since giving birth? I have tried. What I, does that mean? We have been intimate. Uh-huh. We have been intimate. That's another thing they don't tell you after you give birth, is that sex can be very painful. Oh. For a while, especially if you're breastfeeding, which I am, sort of, and I didn't know that. So do your boobs hurt or everything hurts? No, your vagina hurts. Your vagina hurts for, while you're breastfeeding? Yeah. I didn't yeah, know man. that. Yeah, so me even though I didn't know that either. <laughs> I mean, I would have anticipated you being like, well, I just had surgery. Sex is going to be weird and painful. But your vagina still hurts even though he didn't come out of your vagina. Yep. Oh. I don't weird. know. I, I know there is some medical explanation for it. 
in terms of like the surgery itself, but in as it relates to breastfeeding, it's more the hormone levels. Oh, like you don't have a lot of estrogen, uh huh. So that dries you up, which makes oh. sex more painful. Oh, that makes sense. Are you horny at all? Yeah, I would say that that's sort of restored to its normal level. So it's a little mm-hmm. frustrating. Yeah, definitely. Do you um, masturbate? No, not at all. Just not not on your priority list right no. now. I cannot even imagine where I'd find that time. <laughs> I would rather like go on long form and read the Kellyanne Conway profile or something. Like that's that's <laughs> that's what I would do in lieu of masturbating. That's where my free time goes now. Yeah. <laughs> When you're having all the, like, the crazy hardcore porn fantasy whatnot interest, that doesn't interest you anymore. That just, like, fell away. Not at all. It's a completely different person. It's so weird, right? (laughs) (laughs) Have you gotten drunk yet? I was drunk Saturday. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that was, like, one of my first priorities, honestly, when I got back from the hospital. I was like, I need a shot of whiskey right now (laughs) in my stomach. And I need some sushi. That was my first meal, actually. You mentioned when, that, that you started craving sushi despite never having been that into sushi. Yeah. Yeah. The first thing I had was sushi. Was it the way you imagined? Was it delicious? Or no. were you like, eh. I had one piece and I was over it. <laughs> <laughs> you also wrote a piece for Romper um, that you weren't sure breastfeeding was worth it for you. Mm-hmm. What's your thought process there? I th- well, I guess you're doing it since you just gave him a bottle I'm I'm pumping. Yeah, I'm not Mm -hmm. breastfeeding. Uh, That's a different thing. Yes. I mean, I understand conceptually it is, but like people don't consider that breastfeeding if you pump. No, people do consider it because it's, I mean, it's active. Well, it depends who you ask, I guess. If you if you ask like a hardcore breastfeeding sanctimonious mommy has the same thing, like she'd probably say no, it's different Mm. because you're not bonding with the baby or whatever. Breastfeeding is really heavily politicized. I don't know if you read about that a lot or like research it but it's something that i had no idea about before Mm -hmm. my current job and before i became a mom and it blew my mind yeah i a hundred percent stand by the fact that i don't think breastfeeding is worth it the trouble (laughs) because it's just like too difficult to make it happen yeah i mean i think it's largely dependent on the parent like some people find breastfeeding really easy and some babies find it really easy and i did not find that the case and he did not find that the case so after about a month of it trying to get him to care about my boobs like (laughs) i was just like okay you know what fuck it i'll pump you some milk because we started doing that already but we're not going to try to make this happen it makes me a little sad honestly because all most of my friends breastfeed and that's what's like recommended Mm -hmm. so i I mean there are some times where i feel deficient as Mm -hmm. a result but i mean i don't know if you know whether you were breastfed or formula fed breastfed but not for a hugely long amount of time do you know if you were breastfed i wasn't That's kind of why I brought it up, because A, a lot of people don't even know. Like, nobody asks you on your college application, like, were you breastfed or formula fed, even though Mm -hmm. they make such a big deal out of it. And B, yeah, I was formula fed, my sister was formula fed, and I mean, I'm fine. I mean, I'm not great. Like, (laughs) (laughs) I, you know, I went to, like, a pretty good liberal arts college. and You're like, Mom, if you breastfed me, it would have been Harvard. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I did say, I did tell her exactly that, actually. (laughs) When I was first reading about it, like literally verbatim, um, yeah, I turned out like okay. So he's gonna, probably going to turn out okay as a result. I, I it turns out okay. Is pumping like laborious? Yeah, it's a fucking pain in the ass. It's a huge pain in the ass. Have you never seen a pump? I have seen pumps. Wait, do you have your pump here? No, I wish no. I brought it. Have you ever seen someone pump? I don't think so. 
Every time someone comes over, I make them watch me pump. Really? Why? Because it's so hilarious. And I just want to show it off. <laughs> it's that I have snaps, like on Snapchat. Like people, my friends have snapped me pumping. And everybody's like, really? That's how it fucking works? How have I never seen someone pump a breast before? Because it's weird. Look, it, like most people don't want to do it in front of other people. I just have no shame. So uh, it's two cones called phalanges. Um, Elegant. Yeah, <laughs> as in Regina Falange from Friends. Um, and you put them over your breasts, like right over your nipples, and you have to position them just the right way so the milk doesn't come out. And then there are these tubes coming out of the phalanges that hook up to this machine. And you turn on the machine, and the machine pumps, and you watch your nipples like pipe in and out of the cup. And then as they do so, milk pours out of the phalanges and out of your nipples into the cylinder to collect it. You feel very much like a cow being milked. <laughs> like those, well, have you seen when cows have their little udder machines on? Yes. Does it, look, exact, does it look like that? The patent for breast pumps is the same as that one. Oh, wow. It blew my mind to hear that. Do you feel weird using your boobs sexually now? Yes. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I haven't Really? And I think that's pretty common among a lot of breastfeeding mothers. Yeah. Um, Is that because it hurts or because it just feels different and you just don't want to cross those paths anymore? Well, I can only speak for myself, but it's a, rooted out of a very practical concern that I will spill milk all over my husband. <laughs> <laughs> like, that's really all it is. Have you tasted your own milk? Yes, I have. <laughs> I'd have to. He's getting it. I'd feel bad if he, like, it's like when he was circumcised. Like, I had to watch it. He was doing it. I didn't, couldn't do that to him without watching it. Did he get circumcised right after he was born? Yeah, eight days is what they do in the Jewish faith. Oh, did you do the whole, what's it called? Bris, yeah. Ah. Mm -hmm. Was that scary? Yeah, it was terrifying. It's like, have you seen, have you been to a bris? No, never. Oh, really? All these things that I've never seen or done. I mean, it's kind of crazy. I made the mistake of watching it, like I said, and it's very much like peeling a potato. Oh, God. Yeah. It was very unnerving to watch. I, I cried a little, actually, I was, which I was surprised by. Because, why? well, you saw your baby yeah. being in a moment of pain. Guess, pain. Yeah. And a drunken pain because they give him wine. To... Oh, my God, they do? Yep. Oh, red or white? Red. Really good question. <laughs> <laughs> Need to know. It's like, I'm like, ooh, a nice rosé? How did that go? No, that says a lot about you, love. Because like most people, I think, would be like, how much wine? But you were like, red or white? <laughs> well, red's really intense for a baby. But how much do they give them? They put it on a little, like, rag or cotton ball. So oh, it's like, not much. Yeah. Um, I would not have done it, and my husband would not have done it, had it not been, like, a big deal to my parents and grandparents. Mm -hmm. um, but we got, like, a doctor to do it, and so it was a little less scary. Uh-huh. Are the doctors who do that, are they also, I don't know, like Jewish or religious people yeah. or they're just doctors? There are rabbis who are also trained as doctors or I ah. guess doctors who are also trained as rabbis. That makes sense. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. And then he, is it like a party? Yeah. Yeah, dude. There's bagels and everything. It's like a big party. Is this totally inappropriate? But do they just throw away the foreskin? No, it's not it's not inappropriate because um they actually offered us if we wanted to bury it because apparently that's oh. a thing in the oh. Jewish tradition. And we were like, "No, throw it away." <laughs> and 
And then actually, like at the end of the party, like I was helping clean up the bagels and shit. And like I saw the trash and in the trash <gasps> <laughs> with the bagels and locks was my child's foreskin like wrapped. In a oh my God. Thing. Yeah, it was fucked up. <laughs> Did you think about whether, in terms of circumcision, just whether he'd want to be circumcised? You know, it's funny you should ask that because um, I'm on leave, but I regularly read and occasionally, like, will edit articles. And one of our highest trafficked stories pretty recently was from this mom who didn't circumcise her child. And there was just, like, a firestorm of comments Mm -hmm. from people, like, blasting women who have circumcised their babies. And I fell into, like, a K-hole of these comments. And the piece itself was good, but, like, I fell I fell into a K-hole of these comments. I don't know why. I, I guess I just am obsessed with, like, seeing what people on the Internet say about me and my parenting choices now. Yeah. But that was the argument that a lot of people use. You know, that, like, you're not respecting your child's bodily autonomy if you circumcise him. And you don't know whether or not that's what he would have wanted. I kind of... Having been with both circumcised and uncircumcised men and having talked to them about that, I kind of think that most men, if they had the decision early on in life whether or not to be circumcised, would choose to be circumcised. But I'm not a man. I I can't say that for sure. I mean, it could theoretically be something that changes over time, too. I mean, what do you think? Like, I don't know. I don't. Well, I mean, I don't have a baby, so it's kind of like a moot point. I have this friend who's always like, I'm definitely circumcising my baby because I love, like, circumcised dick. And I was like, why are you thinking of it in that context? Wait. It was just, like, wrong. A woman? Why? Yeah. Or she's like, but I'm going to do that because I think it's, you know, gross. And it's like, but it's not. Why? Like, you want your kid to have a hot dick? This is just a weird conversation. Yeah, that's a really weird reason to... That's like a porny reason. Wow. I don't know. She's like, I need to prepare him for life. But um, I don't know. Were the people commenting, were they other parents? Or did you start to get some of the like, no, what did they call them? The like uncirc dudes on the internet? They were mostly other parents. Mm. Yeah. They were mostly moms. There is a movement. I think we've talked about it on this podcast before of men trying to like grow their foreskins back or do various like procedures. Yeah, I read about that. I would imagine that's a very, very small percentage of men who are that invested in it. Well, I think the vast majority of people, it's like you have a body. You figure out how to use it, you know? I mean, we do things like the norm in hospitals right now is to circumcise babies. Oh, yeah? Pretty much. Yeah. I mean, they ask the parents, obviously. Mm -hmm. But like most, most kids are circumcised in America, not in Europe. I mean, we do minor surgical alterations to our bodies all the time. Yeah. So I don't, I mean, people compare it to, like, female genital mutilation. I think that's a kind of a ridiculous comparison. At the same time, I do understand the bodily autonomy argument. I did wonder, like, whether or not he's going to feel like there was some part of himself that was that he was bereft of. Ultimately, I don't think he will because I think he's going to be in the locker room and he's going to see other kids and he's going to be like, oh, I look the same as them mm-hmm. and I look the same as my dad. And that's going to give him... As much level of comfort a young boy has in his penis when he's, like, growing up. Yeah. You know? Um, they don't look that wildly different. I mean, like, Yeah, that's the other thing, but too. Like, there's plenty of times when, like, an uncircumcised dick seems like a circumcised dick. Or, you know, like, eh, foreskins just look different on everyone. Yeah. I mean, you can... When pro- they're existing and when they're non-existent, you know. I, so I had a boyfriend who was uncircumcised and I didn't know until, like, three months into the relationship. Because you always saw him erect. Exactly. Exactly. (laughs) And they all look the same erect. I read the wildest thing. I was reading a book about penis, actually, about, like, a cultural history of penises. Oh, I just read that. Oh, my God. Really? Yeah. 
It's that book by David Friedman, A Mind of Its Own, A Cultural History of the Penis. And he was writing that the ancient Romans, when they went to the baths, it was considered totally obscene. It was fine to be naked and everyone was naked together, but it was obscene if the head of your dick was out. So they would pull their foreskins down and tie it like at the end with like a little bow so that nothing came out because that would be obscene. Oh, I don't remember that. It was crazy. Uh. And they were saying that was actually some of the weird prejudices against people who circumcise like Jews at the time in like way back then. That it was obscene to be circumcised? Yeah, because the head of your penis is out, Uh perpetually. That book was really interesting. What are you looking forward to in motherhood? I'm first looking forward to him sleeping through the night. Mm -hmm. That's the main thing. The second thing I'm looking forward to is... um, I don't know, man. Like, they at this age, they don't really do much. He is very slowly starting to become a person, but it's it's a very gradual process and i am just really looking forward to like being able to like show him movies that i watch as a kid or like take him out to museums and teach him shit and mm-hmm. that's that's really what i'm looking forward to and like connecting with him as a person i'm looking forward to going back to work <laughs> i don't know if that's something that we should talk about yeah what but what are you going to do with him when you go back to work he's has a nanny okay i would say the main thing that i was concerned about and I wrote about this for New York Magazine, like, pretty recently, before I had a baby, was whether or not it would affect my career mm-hmm. and whether or not it would prevent me from achieving the things that I wanted to achieve. And I would say that's still a concern, and it was probably the main thing that I thought about, like, during my leave. So I am excited to go back to work. It feels very strange. Like, if you're working consistently for all of your life and then you for there are three months where you're just not doing anything, it's, like, a very... Mm-hmm. except caring for another human being. It feels very, like, pre-feminist and awkward and was hard to adjust to. What's up? More milk? What's your deal? No? Yes? No. No, you're done. You're done. Is right. it fun just watching him, or do you get bored of it? It's fun. I don't know. Do you have fun it's watching like, him? I'm having a lot of fun. It's like a <laughs> like a human lava lamp for me. In what sense? But I'm also not actually, the, I don't know, that you just watch a baby like move around and do things for like a while. I watch him poop a lot. Oh, like the act of him pooping. Yeah, I watch poop come out of his butt. In what context? Really like while you're changing poop. him? Yes. Oh. Uh, that's pretty disgusting. It's like two girls, one cup. Because like, <laughs> how often do you like actually see like a butt pooping? Like, yeah, that is weird. I don't know if I've ever seen a human butt pooping. I mean, I've seen, like, dogs pooping. But you've never, like, looked closely at the dog asshole and been, like... Yeah, no. The... You don't look that carefully. Yeah, exactly. My life now is watching his butthole pooping and waiting for it to stop <laughs> pooping. <laughs> um. Yeah, so that's pretty cool. Sometimes he'll be lying on me and he'll puke on me he'll spit up on me and like it'll be on my boot like i'll bring him up and it'll be on my boobs and it'll be on his face and he'll just be sitting in his puke for like an hour like a drunk old man like outside of the denny's and i'll feel really bad that's when the bonding happens i think i think it is actually because you really it eventually comes to a point where like you don't give a shit like i could have spit up over my shirt like right now and i wouldn't care and i wouldn't know Mm -hmm. like you just don't care There are just a lot of things you don't care about when you have a kid that, like, you would have cared about before, I guess, is the ultimate unifying theme. I love that. 
So on that note, thank you so much for being here, EJ. Thank you for having me and humoring me with my breast pump and (laughs) vomit descriptions. So a quick reminder, listeners, if you want to respond, judge, say whatever you want about this episode, tell us how your experience differed or did not differ from what EJ is discovering. You can always give us a call and leave us voicemail at 646-494-3590. Sex Lives is produced by Alana Milner and Neem Shapiro. Thanks also to Laura Mayer and Andy Bowers at Panoply. Thanks for listening, and we'll talk to you next week.